Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. You try to do something new, you're going to have a level of resistance that's going to be in your way. For me, it's purpose equals the journey. Overcoming fear, using it as an ally, that's where the real change happens. Whenever you have a fear of something, it's usually an indication that this is something you should explore, as in this is something that you should probably be doing. You really have to get centered, not so much get inside your head, but time to get out of it, actually. Today's person of purpose is Scott Allen. Scott Allen writes books that focus on changing older routines, overcoming self-defeating behavior, and the best strategies on dealing with rejection. He believes that successful living is a series of small actions taken consistently on a daily basis in order to build an empowering and freedom-based lifestyle. Scott resides in Western Japan, where he spends most of his time traveling, writing, and counting the many gratitudes of life. He's the author of Undefeated, Rejection Reset, and over 10 other best-selling books. With a deep passion for teaching, building life skills, and inspiring others to take charge of their lives, he is committed to a path of constant and never-ending self-improvement. Interviewing Scott Allen today was a special experience. He just puts me in such a meditative reverie as I listen to him because he's so thoughtful. He doesn't just say things that are rehearsed or that are pre-planned or that you know are his spiel or his stick every time. It, every question I asked him, he had a pensive, thoughtful, introverted quality to him that I just really want to, to increase in myself. Um, he speaks from such a place of trueness when he expresses himself and I, I love that commitment to honest self-truth as just the starting point to being able to see your way forward and on top of that just what we talked about was awesome as well he has such an amazing mindset around self-defeating behavior and fear and getting unstuck it was really illuminating to be able to hear especially around fear when he mentioned that when fear is near you that's actually a great sign that you're on the right path because you're actually pushing your boundaries, you're pushing yourself to the next level. You're able to see and feel that resistance, but when you do know internally that you're on that purposeful path, you're able to do small, mini daily habits to be able to work your way forward and through that onto the next level. And I think that this community he's forming with a mastermind, with courses and Facebook group and all of this, I think he's gonna be really successful because he has such a unique perspective being someone that's broken through all the way to where he's living in Japan for 20 years he's changed careers massively he's starting a book business he's published lots of books 10 at this point he's going places and if you're someone that he, his style and who he is resonates with I think this would be a great mentor for you I know that he said a lot of things that I've heard in one way or another before but he had his own spin to them or own experience around them that this interview is gonna be sticking with me for sure. So I encourage you guys to dig into Scott Allen more. 
um, as he kind of launches his brand and his community um, going places. So I'm really excited for him. And I'm really honored to have had a chance to interview him while he's in Japan. I'm here in Kansas right now. It's really an amazing experience. So I know that you guys will enjoy this. I hope you enjoy this. Today's interview episode with today's person of purpose, Scott Allen. Hello, Scott. Welcome to People of Purpose podcast. Great to have you today. Coming live from Tokyo. Amazing. Well, thanks for having me on board. It's great to be here. Yeah, I haven't interviewed a guest in Tokyo or Japan, for that matter, uh, thus far. And I think that we share a lot in living abroad. I know you've been there for 20 years. I was in Thailand for a year and a half, lived in Morocco for six months. So I'm really excited to hear about how you've grown and developed as a person abroad and then how you've channeled that hero's journey mindset, that limitless potential that's just so at the core of my podcast as well. And uh, just looking to follow in your footsteps in some ways. So excited to learn more about you. Well, I'll share what I can, sure. So how did you end up living in Japan for 20 years? It's quite a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. So I'm from Canada originally, and I just got back actually from there a few days ago. So I was living in Vancouver about 20 plus years ago. And at the time I was working as an engineer. So that's what my trade is, is, you know, I'm an engineer by trade. But when I was living there, I don't know, I just decided one day that I wanted to try something different. And I did a lot of brainstorming on this. I did a lot of reading. I got into personal development books, more to be specific, Tony Robbins' book, Awaken the Giant Within, really changed things for me. I read that book and I started doing things that I hadn't done before. For example, I started setting goals for myself. I started visualizing what those goals would look like. I had things posted all over my bedroom wall, you know, like uh, dreams that I wanted to accomplish, uh, places I wanted to go. And so I started doing, I went on for like probably six months to a year. I was just reading and doing a lot of writing and I guess working out a plan. I didn't realize it at the time, but that's what I was doing. So several things had come up consistently while I was doing this. One was I realized I wanted to travel. And that was one of the biggest things is that I'd never really been anywhere before. Something told me I had to take a trip. I'd be going on a long trip and that was it. That's all I knew. Number two was I had to start writing again. You know, I started writing when I was, I've always been a writer by heart. And then I had been writing when I was junior high, high school. I remember writing books and stuff, nothing published, but I gave it up for about 20 years. So those were the two things I, for whatever reason, something said, you have to accomplish these things. So I quit my job. And then as soon as I started doing that, things started taking shape. Like, you know how they say, once you make a decision, everything else just starts falling into place. Maybe that's not true for everybody, but that's what happened to me. And a few weeks later, I had uh, come across this job description in the newspaper, actually. We didn't have internet back then, really. It was just getting going. So in the paper, they were looking for an English teacher in Japan. I thought, wow, that's great. I was actually looking to go to Thailand, to be honest with you, at the time. I did a lot of reading. I was studying the language. I was going to go there. But when the um, opportunity came up to teach in Japan, I applied for it. I got the job. Three months later, I was on an airplane and landed here. And I don't know if I fell in love with the culture, but I certainly loved doing something different. It's one thing to travel in your own country to go from, say, state to state or province to province, you know, and you, you can have a lot of experiences that way. But going to the other side of the world where I couldn't speak the language, I'd never really eaten sushi before. And I didn't really know much of anything, but um, I just landed here and it was just an adventure from day one. And I really liked that. So 
that really made me want to stay here. So I worked really hard to stay here because, you know, there were always visa issues and that kind of thing. But anyway, once I got those sorted out, I decided this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, long story short, that was it. So I did a lot of traveling as well outside of Japan to Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, you name it. I just, I was basically what I was doing is I was going to all the places I'd always visualized going to when I was back in Canada and making all these plans. And I realized like looking back through my notes, I had a bucket list, you know, for example, I wanted to go visit the Great Wall of China. I wanted to visit in Thailand, you know, go to like the, see the big Buddha and, and just all these things that I thought would be really cool to see because I'd never done them before. But to finally start doing them, that's when I, I realized like I was living the dream that I'd always imagined. So, yeah. But anyway, fast forwarding a little bit to, um, to the writing. I started writing again about 10 years ago. And again, this wasn't just something that I just decided one day I'm going to start doing. It was always burning at me from within. And, you know, I publish mostly nonfiction these days, as you'll see from some of my books, but I actually started as a fiction author and still am to a certain degree. But I just knew that this was the path that I had to take, you know, it was the next thing. And not because it was so much something I wanted to accomplish, but I knew that my writing could impact other people in a positive way. And so that was a big motivation for me was to start, uh, you know, writing these books. And the thing is, is that the more of it I did, the more ideas I had. And it was just kind of like this idea funnel that just started to, you know, it's like the little snowball you start at the top of the mountain and you roll it down and it gets bigger. And that's just what I felt like I was just on this whirlwind of creativity and started writing out all these books. But I'll just drop it there. Right, I'll just stop right there for now, in case you want to follow up. Anything I could probably continue to go for a little while longer, but uh, yeah, I got plenty of things I'm interested in following up on. That that's awesome. Yeah, but I want to talk about your writing uh, a little bit later on. First, I want to like start kind of at the origin because I think where a lot of my listeners are at and a lot of people my age, I'm being 27 years older at that initial stage where it's like, all right, I got the degree, I'm working the job. Parents are clapping their hands for me, but what is really out there for what's my purpose in the world? And you said that you read a book by Tony Robbins. I think he saved millions of lives at this point. And he's one of my heroes as well. But what were those initial signs? Like, what were you actually after? You said it was like things like seeing the Great Wall of China, seeing the Big Buddha that you just kind of knew you need to travel. How can you put that into feeling or emotion? Like, what was going on inside you? Do you were you aware of it? Yeah, I was at a stage in my life where I wanted to change, you know, and I think a lot of people say that they want to change, but I didn't just want to change. I wanted to experience something that not only that something that I hadn't experienced, but do something completely different that people would just look at me and go, whoa, that's crazy. Like, what are you thinking? You know, that was kind of the impact I was looking for. In order to get to that stage, I had to make some decisions that were pretty scary, you know, like uh, just packing up and leaving your home is pretty scary thing. I mean, it can be, but it's also exciting. And I wanted to bring back my sense of adventure, you know, because when I was a kid, I had a lot of that. I've got a very wild imagination. And like, if I listen to music or something, I always imagine like, I'm the hero in my own story, and I'm doing all these things. And it sounds like a kind of a, a wild concept. But that's always like the kind of life that I always want to live. And when I got to the point where I was just working, paying bills, hanging out in bars, and uh, just doing all that, I just looked at it and I just thought, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I wanted to, you know, way back when. Even if I didn't know what I wanted, I knew that wasn't it. 
So I thought, I'm going to change this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going to start with it. But when I started reading, say, Tony's book, which I followed up with a lot of other books as well, but when I started reading this, I started to see the potential, you know, and I realized that I had these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in the same place. And that's why I was bored, you know, and just that feeling of boredom really bothered me because I believe like, you know, I don't know if this is the only life we have, but all I knew was that it's the only life I've got right now. And if I just continue on this path of basically just getting up, working in, in, I don't know, maybe, and Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's great to have a routine and, you know, people do that every day, but at my stage of my life at that time, I needed something much deeper. I needed to explore that whatever potential it is that I felt that I was hiding, I needed to bring it out. And so I was looking like you mentioned the emotion. Well, I wanted to feel something that just I hadn't felt before. And I think it was that, you know, that, that sense of like thrill, you know, like not like bungee jumping or jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, but just this sense of like, I'm going to get on this plane. It's going to take me to somewhere where I have no idea what's going to happen when I get there, you know, and that just really excited me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That feeling. I would totally relate to that. I moved to Thailand and flew for 26 hours or whatever. And that's when I started my first ever blog post was my first like six hours on the plane. Once like the excitement kind of calmed down the first couple hours, I was like, now I got a ton of time on this airplane. Like, What's my intention? Where did I come from? Like, what am I trying to get out of this? Who am I trying to become? What kind of story am I trying to write for myself? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Totally resonated with me when you said like, you just felt bored. You knew that you didn't know, necessarily know what it is you were meant to do, but it wasn't this. Like, totally feel that. So yeah, it's really great that you took that big leap and now you're doing like what you're doing now. Like, where would you say you're at in your story? Like if, if someone was reading the story of Scott Allen, what chapter are they on and what's going on at this point in the story and how far into the story are you? <laughs> what's the thrill right now? So once I got to Japan, you know, I was teaching for about 20 years and it's great. I mean, it's been a great career. I actually stopped teaching in March of this year. So just to back up a little bit from the beginning, again, that was something else that was just really, you know, I'm an electrical engineer back in Canada, always knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. So when I got here and I started a new career, that was great. And it was, I loved it. But then eventually I got to the point again, where it's like, I started feeling bored again and restless again. And suddenly like that feeling of adventure that I had when I first came was basically, it doesn't matter where you move to, eventually you're going to settle in and you're going to, you know, get into your routine and then it's just going to be normal. And I got to that stage again. I thought, well, this is what I came here to kind of get away from and build something different. And I've done that, but I knew I had to take it to the next level. Right. So, you know, my story actually probably started again, say, eight, nine or 10 years ago when I started writing these books again, I could see that I was going somewhere with it. You know, I was starting to write about the things that I used to read about, you know, and I do a lot of reading for personal development, self-help, habits, you name it. But I was just reading this stuff and not applying it. So I had to apply it. I had to apply it. And I basically dug in and I committed 100% to making another change in my life, which was... Eventually, I found myself, by the way, just with the teaching, I found myself in an office one day with a desk staring at a wall and doing a job that I didn't want to do. So I was kind of like back to square zero. (laughs) (laughs) And my motivation was to get out of that, you know, to get out of that because I wasn't doing anybody any good. Just, you know, that's not what I had come here for, you know, to end up that way. So 
I started pushing ahead and making a lot of contacts in the publishing world, connecting with other writers. And once again, I was um, doing what I had done years before. I was focusing on a major mindset shift. Like I had to shift my mindset because it becomes stuck. And that's what happens to ourselves. You know, if we're not making progress, making changes like uh, with our thoughts, you know, changing our beliefs a bit, changing our thoughts, changing our actions, we get stuck and then we get into a routine. And there's nothing wrong with old routines, but there is if you're stuck in an old routine and you know you're stuck and you're in a rut, I guess we'll call it a rut for the better sense of a word. Once you're in that rut and you are desperate to get out of it, then you know you have to change something. But if you're in a routine, you're in an old routine, you're happy with it, and you know there's nothing wrong with that. It only becomes a problem when you're, you're stuck there and you feel like you're trapped. So I wanted to get out of that feeling of I'm trapped. And that was a big motivator for me. So. Yeah. So it seems like you have this element that I also have. I don't know if a lot of people have it at, at the level we do, where it's like you don't necessarily know from experience yet that the decisions you're making and the small consistent daily actions you're taking are going to lead to massive change but you do them anyways how do you do that how can you make it tangible as you're going that like oh yeah my life is about to radically transform for the best even though all you're doing is like instead of taking the same path to your office you're now like walking with a friend or whatever like some small little task that you change up that makes a large snowball effect like when you're in that beginning of the forming of the snowball, how do you, how do you know it's going to become this giant boulder eventually? Well, that's a good question. And, you know, it's interesting because the answer is you don't. You don't know anything. You don't know if it's going to work. You don't know if you're just going to drop that snowball off the mountain. It's going to fall off the cliff. <laughs> like um, there's no guarantees, right? So what I found important is that knowing what you want, but also having a vision for that. Like I had to visualize every day myself, whether it be publishing a book or taking a trip to someplace, you know, actually. So for example, you know, I had a vision of myself traveling the world and seeing all these great places. And when I actually thought about it, it sounded, just didn't sound realistic because, you know, you might be in a position where, well, maybe, you know, I don't know, you might have uh a wife and children and you're you have obligations you can't do that but um, you might not have any money you know there could be certain like limitations holding you back so what I found is that whatever goal that I was striving for I had to have a vision of how that was going to look and I had to hold on to that vision every day and visualizing it was a big part of it because visualizing this every day led to the belief that it was possible a lot of people end up failing, not because they're on the wrong path, but they stopped believing and then they got frustrated and they went back to the beginning and they tried something different. And when that didn't work, they tried something different mm -hmm. and they kept giving up and trying all these other ways because it seemed easier. But one thing I realized is that there is no easy path. You have to believe 100% that you're going to achieve this thing. And you also have to realize that there are no guarantees that you're going to achieve it, but the only guarantee there is, is that if you don't start doing something, nothing's going to change. That was what I knew. Like, you know, if I stay in the same spot, just thinking uh, or wishing that someday, I, you know, I hope my life will change. Hope somebody will come down and, you know, kind of tap me on the shoulder and, and say, um, hey, here's everything you wanted. You know, I don't believe in those you know, like fairy tale dreams. You really mm -hmm. have to, or pipe dreams as they call them. You really have to. Like you don't have to know 100% everything that you want, but you have to have uh, that feeling inside that 
I'm doing something that I've always wanted to do. I don't know where it's going to end up, but I'm just going to push forward and, um, you know, I'm going to take it one step at a time. And that was really it was just having these like smaller goals of like, for example, like, okay, if you want to take a trip, right, you don't have a passport. Well, obviously the first step you have to take is to get the passport. Now that you've got that, what's the next thing? Oh yeah, you've got to go to the travel agency or go online or, you know, like you've got to, you know, find the destination where you want to go. You've really got to break it down into these smaller steps so that you can make it tangible. Because like, let's say, for example, um, you want to write a book. So your goal is to write 20 books in the next five years. Like, wow, that's a lot, right? That's not probably not going to happen unless you break it down and break it down into the very small steps of uh, called the micro goals or, you know, mini habits. The mini habits will take you there, but it's having those smaller goals that become tangible. You know, it's like, you know, you get to the one stage and it's like, okay, I've got this. Now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leap to the next stage and you got to keep pushing ahead like that. That was how I managed to just push through everything that was holding me back. Cause every time you try to do something new, you're going to have a level of resistance that's going to be in your way. And the only way to get through it is to get through it. You know, you got to work through that resistance because then I'll share something with you. I'm a big procrastinator. Like if there's something I don't want to do, I will procrastinate against it until it becomes such a problem that I have no choice but to push through it. And if this thing, whether it's resistance or if it's something I'm procrastinating on, if it's holding me back from my goal, my dream, then I have no choice but to work on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love how you explain that the resistance piece there. Like it's so true that you just think you're getting going and then, oh man, a little mini failure comes along. But it's those mini habits that can overcome that and overpower that. And yeah, how does all that play a role in purpose to you? Like is purpose that, that feeling that you can't describe what your destination is, but you know you need to keep going forward? Or how does purpose play a role in, in your direction, in your case? Yeah, I guess a lot of people tap into their purpose in many ways. I mean, some people can meditate and they can feel like they're tapping into their purpose. Others are just, uh, they work hard and they know like, for me, okay, I'll just break it down like this. I know that I'm on the right path because I can feel it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's a feeling that it's hard to explain unless you actually can, <laughs> you can actually experience this thing. But when I'm doing something that goes against the grain or goes against my purpose, there is a, call it a little voice. There's a little voice inside my head or inside my heart that says, this just doesn't feel right. Like this isn't something that you should be doing. Um, it could be something like saying yes to too many things when you should be saying no, you know? Give you an example, like meeting somebody on your path and you don't know why, but this person, for some reason, whatever reason it is, was destined to meet you on this certain day, you know? So mm. I've had a lot of instances like that where, you know, I just met somebody out of the blue or probably like five or 10 minutes earlier, I was wishing that I could meet somebody like this who could point me in the right direction, you know? So I mean, a lot of people in my life like that. And maybe, you know, maybe some of the listeners can relate to that. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from living at your purpose? I know a bad accident, breakups, and head injuries have plagued my path of purpose. The good news is that People of Purpose has now partnered with BetterHelp, an online counseling platform that will assess your needs from exactly where you are and match you with your very own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line, it's not self-help, 
It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. I know that when we are purposefully and passionately pursuing our visions, it can be so hard to take the big action you need for yourself. That's why I love BetterHelp. BetterHelp is available worldwide from the comfort and ease of your smartphone. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, call, or video chat as often as you need. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses without needing to be in one single city or drive and sit in an uncomfortable waiting room just to have a 30-minute conversation. These conversations have the power to literally change your life. We need to make sure we're having them. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. For me, the sign-up process was so thorough and personalized to exactly what I needed. Within 15 minutes, I was done, and the very next day, I was paired with a counselor with the pedigree to help me think through exactly the questions I have at this stage in my life. Since I've met my premarital Christian counselor, Colleen, I've had enormous insights on where and how to create better boundaries, and even had a session with my fiance while she's in Thailand and I'm in California. It's amazing how powerful and accessible counseling is today with the power of the internet. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Whether you need professional coaching for your business, help overcoming a trauma, or just need a thought partner who would walk through a rocky part of a road with you, BetterHelp wants to help you start living a happier life today. People of Purpose listeners get 10% off your first month. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash people of purpose. That's betterhelp.com forward slash people of purpose and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So yeah, purpose isn't like something tangible for me because purpose can change too. You know, your purpose 20 or 30 years ago is, depending on how old you are, was probably different at that time. But for me, it's purpose equals the journey, you know, and the journey equals the direction that your life's moving in. And you can change directions too. It's not like a linear path where you're just going in this one direction and like, that's it. You know, you're going to come to a, call it a fork in the road where you might come to something where you might have like 10 different directions you can take. And it doesn't matter what direction you take because they're all correct, right? Mm. Every one of these uh, directions like, oh, I mean, you might take one path and who knows, that could lead to your early death, for example, right? You could take another path and you could end up with everything you've ever dreamed of at the end of it. But both of those paths were correct. It's just that that was the direction that whatever, you know, your heart and your mind told you to take, you know, so. How do you reconcile with fear and risk and these concepts that I notice you write a lot about these topics and they really resonate with me too. Like, what role does fear play in the process? Is it a roadblock? Is it a hazard? Is it a detour? Or is it just something we don't need to worry about too much? Yeah, what's fear doing there? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a roadblock at all. In fact, I would say it's an ally. You know, like a lot of the research I did with fear, the writing I did with it, we tend to think of it as a roadblock. But really, if you think of it this way, fear is not something that will ever go away, you know, and think, like if you think of like, okay, I've got a fear that I, um, you know, say, I've got a fear of heights, okay? So in order for me to conquer that fear, I would climb to the top of a mountain or I'd jump out of an airplane thinking that if I do this, and don't get me wrong, like the first time I did that, I was terrified. Did it remove my fear of heights? No, I'm still afraid of heights. But now I know that I can actually take action 
when I am afraid, it's still come out okay on the other end, you know. And that's the whole thing with fear is that it holds us back because we think that if we, we push back against it or if we do this thing that we're afraid of, something really bad's going to happen. Well, you're going to probably end up conditioning yourself to take action whenever you feel afraid. And that's really what it's all about. Like fear will always be with you. And it will definitely show up when you're thinking of uh, trying something that you've never tried before or, you know, and that's just the thing. Like when we get into our routines or these comfortable habits, we have less fear because we're not actually doing the things that could be pushing against the fear that will create change, right? So mm-hmm. overcoming fear, using it as an ally, that's where the real change happens. And everyone that I've coached or spoken to, they always said, you know, if I hadn't have done this thing, even when I was afraid of doing it, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know, so. So fear is an indication that you are getting a little bit closer to that alignment you need to have with your sense of purpose. Yeah, you know, it's like, we know fire is hot, right? So we shouldn't touch it. But what if you didn't know that? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, whenever you have a fear of something, it's usually an indication that this is something you should explore as in this is something that you should probably be doing. Because a lot of people think when they're afraid, fear equals run away, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a lot of us, you know, fear equals like, I shouldn't do that. I'm afraid. That's an indication that it's dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it very well may be, but it's also just as dangerous not to do it, right? So think of it this way, right? Let's see now. I'm trying to give an example. Okay, well, again, we'll take like a traveling, for example. It may be fearful for you to get on an airplane and fly to a place you've never been before, but what are the consequences of not doing that, right? So you always have to think of it that way as well. Like, yeah, there's risk involved in doing it. There's risk involved in not doing it. And you have to decide which way do you want to choose. Of course, you, you, know, you don't have to do this thing. Say, you know, you want to quit your job and pursue your dream job. That's great. I'd say do it. That's terrifying, especially if you don't have something set up afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Nothing I'd recommend that. Because I did quit my job this year after having a you know, corporate job for like 10 or 15 years. And yeah, it was scary. And I did have another, you know, I had already set up my book business and everything. So I was set to go. And that's what I would recommend is that, you know, if you have a dream or something you want to pursue, work on it. Well, you have to do this other stuff. But realize like it's never going to be a perfect time. You know, like the fear will always be there. But you can control that, you know, it's like a tap, you know, like you can crank the fear up if you want to, or you can turn it down to a very uh, minuscule amount. So what I mean by that is that, you know, we've all got a certain amount of risk that we need to take in our lives. And some people take big risks and some people take small risks incrementally. So like they'll push forward slowly, but eventually they'll get there. Some people will just like go all in and, you know, they'll... (laughs) take a big risk and they might lose too. They might fail big time and then have to come back to ground zero. I was also interested as like a close cousin, this like self-defeating behavior that you also talk about. What's your experience around self-defeating behavior and how did recognizing that and improving upon that help unlock your purpose? Yeah. Yeah. I wrote about that in um, one of my books called Relaunch Your Life. And it's always been a fascinating topic for me because all of us have self-defeating behaviors and we're not aware of what they are. You know, we might be aware of some of them, right? Obviously this can be, some of the more obvious ones would be, you know, addictions could be, whether it be alcohol, drugs, eating 10 pounds of chocolate a day, you know, um, pick your flavor, but self-defeating behavior is something that you've heard the expression that, um, 
you know, if you continue to do the same thing over and over again, you'll end up with the same results. And that's what a self-defeating behavior is. It's something you continue to do. It continues to harm you, but you do it anyway. I think that what I wrote about in my book is that there were basically like four mindsets that went together with that. Now, one of those mindsets is dealing with self-esteem, for example. Nobody wants to go through life feeling like they're nothing, you know, but that's one of the self-defeating behaviors is that depending on your background, your self-defeating behavior could be uh, negative thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. So if that's it, you've got to analyze and take a look at your negative thoughts. Like what thoughts do you wake up with? You know, what thoughts do you have throughout the day? It's a lot of work because you really have to start to monitor your own condition, which is hard to do because it's easy for us to look at other people and criticize and say, well, he's like this or she does that or, you know, but when we have to look at ourselves and start to make that analysis or that uh, make a decision to change, that's when our self-defeating behavior does not want to be recognized. You know, it's like a shadow and it will hide and it will come out when it needs to, but we will rarely be able to recognize it unless we put ourselves in a position where we can. And that's why coming back to like the part of the training and the coaching I do with people and the things that I've written about in my books is teaching people to recognize what the self-defeating behaviors are and realizing that you don't have to change everything all at once. You won't. So you just have to um, pick one battle and stick with it, you know? So, mm-hmm. and again, you know, that can be something different for everyone. So, so I guess I won't prod too into what is your self-defeating behavior, but how has the writing process itself helped to unlock some wisdom around yourself? Um, is it a reflective process where you understand what your old habits and routines are that are holding you down, your self-defeating behavior, limitations? Do you have breakthroughs in your writing process personally as you write? I do actually, yeah. And depending on the kind of book that I'm writing, I do a lot of research for the books, but not just researching it, but if I'm writing about something and teaching about it, I also have to be able to make those changes in myself as well. So mm-hmm. if I'm writing about self-defeating behaviors or talking about it, you know, I do talk about it a lot to people and I coach them through it. I have to have had my own success with it, you know? So like, if you're going to live the dream, you have to live the dream. You already have had to have had success with this thing before you can teach other people how to have success as well. Right. So, so yeah, with my writing then, I do a lot of research and I also, um, I do a lot of like other podcasts and stuff where I actually, they'll have other people come on the show and we'll discuss the situation, you know, their problem and I'll offer some solutions to that. But before I do that, I would have had to have tested this before, you know, so that's the big challenge. And that's why I struggle with some of the books that I'm writing. And if I can't finish a book, it's usually because I'm getting stuck in the process of, I haven't actually accomplished this myself. So how can I teach it to other people, if that makes sense? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Like as you step into more responsibility, like when you're coaching and teaching and people are reading the words of your book, you obviously are carrying more responsibility. It forces you to change. I've noticed that too. I haven't done it as many years as you have at this point, but I'm recognizing that on a small level for sure. That I like saying yes to responsibility if it's aligned with my purpose because it forces me to be shaped into the kind of person that I need to become. And there's that accountability system there. And you would feel like you've let down a lot of people or you 
you miss an opportunity to really like change a life for the better. And in the process, when you start to care about that more, you put yourselves in positions where you have to care about that. You got 400 students looking at you or you know, one-on-one coaching call with someone who's like broken. I just love how it catapults you directly into that feeling. Like for me, it's like, this is exactly what I need to be doing. This is what I'm meant to do right now on this earth. And that feeling is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are looking for answers and they're looking to you for the answers. And I do tell people I don't have all the answers, but if I don't, I'll go away for a while and I'll come back with something. So sometimes I have to go to my mentors and have a coaching session or, you know, we have to work through a certain, you know, a certain problem so that, because everybody, you know, everybody needs help. It doesn't matter where you're at on the journey, who you are. You have to talk to people about, you know, what you're going through or if you're trying to help somebody and you don't know how to help them, then sometimes I have to go to somebody else and say, what would you do in this situation? How can I handle this? So. That's another hard level to break through on, I think, for people is how do you seek out and find a mentor that's going to invest in you the way that you're looking for and have that courage to ask somebody that you admire to look deep into your vulnerable insecurities and self-defeating behaviors and call you out on them, but also like love you. Like, how do you find that kind of person? How do you recommend people search for that? Is there some scientific method to that? I would say there's a scientific method for it, but... I think there's um, several things we could be talking about here. There's what we call the $15 mentor, and that's a book, right? You know, so for the longest time, I mean, I, um, I didn't want to open up to anybody, but a lot of the self-learning that I did was, yeah, through books. Nowadays, we have video courses and all kinds of things we can do. Those aren't mentors per se. I mean, even if you're doing these things, if you can connect with somebody. It doesn't have to be a mentor. It can even be like a, an accountability partner, which is, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that you connect with. And there's a lot of groups out there nowadays. There's a lot of more choices we have, whether it's, uh, you know, I, I belong to a mastermind community where people get on there and they can, you know, express their feelings and talk about things. And this isn't just like texting. This is like actual meetings, like group meetings that we have. So, and that's a great thing about nowadays that no matter where you're living in the world, you can do a lot of these things virtual. Now, I don't know if you get the same value of it out of it as if you were to meet with somebody one-on-one, but you definitely have to go out there and you have to find the support. Like it won't just come knocking on your door, right? And of course, you can hire a coach, you know, that can be quite expensive. So that's why I say that, you know, if you want to start out somewhere, you're not sure where, yeah, try the $15 mentor approach, find a really good book, get into it. You could even, you know, contact the author and kind of, you know, maybe get some uh, suggestions or advice there. So Yeah, I always recommend people start something like a podcast or a channel or something that puts you in touch with people. Like I'm talking right now to you and I would have not been able to receive advice and mentorship from you had I not like started this podcast. I think that's another way too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually quite introverted, so it's really hard for me to approach people. But and I think a lot of a lot of listeners out there probably struggle with their own introversion. But don't let that hold you back because you really have to make an effort to get out there and just uh, be willing to you know open up, be a little bit vulnerable, and let people know that hey, you know, I'm just here to learn like you, and be open to that learning. You'll be open to the coaching. So. Hmm. What are some of the most universally successful strategies that you've used to help people to slowly remove their roadblocks? 
if they've identified the journey they want to go on, they're going, there's a roadblock. What can people just immediately go to in their head without having to necessarily pay for a coaching call or make the biggest mistake of their life or be stuck in indecision? What are some of those like go-to successful like mantras or mindsets or strategies that you tend to lean on? Yeah, I mean, so something that I do each day, I block off half an hour. And during this half hour, I'll do several things. One thing is I'll make a list of my goals or I'll review the goals that I have for that week or for that month. So that's one thing I do. Now, again, it depends if we're we're talking about um, productivity, then time blocking is something that is very effective. So I'll block off half hour a day. And during this half hour, I'll spend 10 minutes meditating, doing some deep breathing exercises, and also running through a gratitude list. Make a list of the five things that you're most grateful for, you know, for that week, five things in your life, whatever it may be. So you have to get centered. And I find that centering yourself, getting that focus, it all starts from there. Instead of just like charging full speed ahead and trying to do, you know, trying to, I don't know, do all these things all at once, just center yourself for that half hour. This can be in the morning and then it can also be at night. So depending on how much time you have, half hour in the morning, half hour at night, or 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night, but definitely no matter how long that time block is, make it a habit, block it off. And then just spend some silent time with yourself. You know, you really have to get centered. Not so much get inside your head, but kind of get out of it, actually. Hey, guys. This is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that helps you grow on your path to purpose? The People of Purpose newsletter, or POP for short, is an email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life to help you more purposefully pursue your purpose. It will include a short story, some words of wisdom to help you be more purposeful during your day, and an update on how the last guest has inspired me and how they can inspire you too. So take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com letting us know you would like to receive the POP newsletter. Just include People of Purpose newsletter in the subject header and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. Other strategies that have worked, let's see, blocking off what I call training time or bunker time, you know. So this again can be how much time you want to dedicate to this is up to you. Again, I block off one hour a day for training. And what that is, is really just a combination of that could be talking to somebody about something or reading about something and then reading, let's say, like, for example, if I'm reading a book called High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard, you know, I want to know, like, how can I put these habits into practice in my own life, right? So, Yeah, we always have to be students. It's not just about the productivity. And studying yourself comes even before you decide what you're going to study. That's great. What is it that you're aiming for right now? What is your objectives and your goals that you're making these mini goals and blocking your time off to put in your day? So what I'm doing now is I'm focusing on building a community around, of course, not just my books, but I'm building a community of people who are dedicated to this ongoing performance. Like you know, they're, um, they want to make some major changes in their life. And one of the questions that people often ask me is, what do I have to do? What can I do? I'm stuck. What am I supposed to do? 
you know, they're looking to me for some kind of like a strategy or the answer to help them get unstuck. And one of the things, my, my goal with that is to create a community of people who can help to support that, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. And one of the things that we're working on right now is I'm working on several courses. We're also redoing the website and we're going to have our own mastermind community, which I'm going to start up in probably early 2020. So people that are on my emailing list, every way that they're going to be invited to join this group, it won't cost anything. So, but we just want to build out a community of people who are, you know, they're committed to helping each other. So I don't know if you're familiar with Hal Elrod, who has the Miracle Morning. He's got a very successful Facebook group. And if you go into his community, it's a very empowering group, you know. So I'm part of that community as well, that part of that group. And really love how he's just established that group as, uh, I think it's like twenty or 30,000 people in their Facebook group. So it's just an amazing place to get support, you know, share your ideas. And what they do is that they share the success that they've had with the Miracle Morning and how it's impacted their lives. So Oh, his story is remarkable too. Like he was paralyzed and then he got himself out of that through just intention that he's going to get his potential back. And now he's best-selling author and just like, a, I don't know, he's an influencer for sure. Like at a big level right now. I, I really like him too. I'm kind of new to him. So I wouldn't say I know him that well yet, but he's definitely someone that pops up quite a bit now. He's Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So I wouldn't call it an end goal, but that's one of our bigger goals for uh, 2020 is to um, take this to the next level. Because as much as I love writing and publishing books, I really need to get these books into the hands of more people so that uh, we can start changing lives. And mm. I mean, that's when I know, like, you know, what I'm doing is really purposeful and it's having an impact is when I get, you know, I get emails from people saying, this really helped me. This is just exactly what I needed because I need to know that it's what I'm doing is helping people so that. I can continue to find better ways, better methods, better strategies to, um, you know, help them to, you know, get on the path that they want to be on, you know, or the path that they should be on. So there's a lot of, a lot of us out there are really lost. We're not really sure. Like we know we should be doing something, we're just not sure if what we're doing is the right thing, you know? And that's, that's the whole trick is like, that's the magic is when you find that right thing, that one thing, then you can start to escalate your success. You know, you can start to escalate your, well, your choices. Everything just makes more sense, you know, once you're on that path. So. Right. So your kind of branding of the, like your community you're creating is around helping people get unstuck. So they're unstuck from where? The very beginning of starting their path or middle of the road of their path or just anyone along the path? Or what kind of people are you looking to have in your mastermind? Yeah. So basically, I mean, I talked a lot about overcoming fear, overcoming rejection. Those are two of my um, main themes that I cover. And so we're looking at creating a mastermind that is focused on rejection-free. So one of my brands is rejection-free and creating a rejection-free lifestyle. So what that means basically is that um, no matter where you are at on your journey or what you've experienced, whether it be you've had a lot of success, you've had a lot of failure, where you're at right now is, you know, you can make a decision right now to um, take a different path, you know, to make those changes that are going to not only impact your life, but impact the lives of your friends, your family, and also the people that are in the community. So, yeah, that's awesome. What's your personal expertise around rejection? Well, I've had a lot of it. So I've had a lot of experience with it. 
as with a lot of people, I guess. What I found is that I avoided it for a long time. I was really afraid of it, actually. So let's just say, for example, I wouldn't go to a job interview unless I was almost 90% sure I could get the job, you know, which meant that I was usually going for a job that was really too easy. You know what I mean? Like it was just something that was, you know, if I had rejection, then that meant that, again, it was all about fears. It's something that I was afraid of. If I was afraid of going after something, it's because I was afraid that I'd be rejected from it. And I didn't want that. Like I wanted to have that guarantee that I wouldn't be rejected. And basically what happens is you, you know, you get these roadblocks that come up and, you know, if you, um, if you avoid something long enough, that becomes your habit, you know, it's your default habit. So right. anyway, but um, yeah, uh, the reason I wrote a book on that is because first of all, I wanted to overcome that fear. And secondly, if I could overcome that fear, I knew that I could help a lot of other people overcome that as well. So. Yeah, I'm sure you've already been successful and you've got a lot more ahead of you. It's going to be exciting as this mastermind gets formed and you really start taking massive action with a big group of people. You're going, to, yeah, you're going to do some really impactful things. I'm excited for that. If people want to get involved in your community, how do they go about doing that? Well, right now, they can visit my website at scottallenauthor.com. I do have a blog on there. We haven't posted anything recently, but we're actually shifting everything over to another website platform that's going to take a, probably next month to two months. And then we're going to roll out our first course in January or February of 2020. So I've got several courses coming out. One of them is on actually on relaunching your life, which is based on one of my books. It's on overcoming self-defeating behaviors. The other course is on rejection. And and again, it's not to say that like rejection is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing, you know, because we can learn to accept rejection or just, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with G.I. Jung. He wrote the book, um, Rejection Proof. It's a very interesting book. I'd recommend it. But what he did is he took for 100 days, he went out and he did something that would get him rejected on purpose. <laughs> so he purposely tried to get rejected in a way to become immune to it, Right. So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting, <laughs> he's got a very interesting, uh, you can watch these videos actually on his website. So I did a lot of, um, I spent a lot of time on his website and connecting with him. And it's just, uh, it's just a very fascinating topic because it's something that we all deal with, but it's, we don't talk about it. So that's the thing. You really have to you know, be willing to talk about these things and also just be willing to challenge them as well, you know, so, and rising up to that challenge and whether you... I don't think there's any, there's no such thing as like failing when it comes to getting rejected. It's just that in most cases, it's not about you or me at all. You know, it could be the other person who's having a bad day or, you know, the company just didn't need somebody with your set skills. So whatever it is, that's, it doesn't matter what the reason was either. Just uh, take it, say, okay, that's fine. I'm going to keep trying. So. Yeah, I love that. That resonates so much as I'm trying to scale up my podcast and get like these A-list sort of guests, you know, like a Tony Robbins. There's so much rejection that comes with that. But it's been awesome to like experience that with a couple of other guys that I'm accountable to, to reach out to these people. And it's like really helping, yeah, create some resilience around that because I know that I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right things. And these people are super busy and like have big obligations that they're doing. So I understand the need at this point to get rejected, but I know that it's going to come the day when I'm hanging out with Tony Robbins and watching backstage how he does his date with destiny and interviewing him and creating a documentary one day and things of this nature. Like, yeah, it's really exciting to know kind of what I'm pushing for. 
Mm. Yeah, and you know, you might have to um, ask a thousand times before you get that. So, right. nothing wrong with that. You know, I think the worst form of rejection is when we want to do something and we don't do it because we're afraid of uh, getting rejected and we don't ask. So that's why a lot of people um, they never get beyond that because they never get to the point where they actually ask for something, which will probably lead to a no. I mean, it's that fear of hearing no that stops a lot of people from actually pursuing their, you know, their goals and their dreams. So don't be afraid of no, because, you know, 99 no's eventually leads to a yes. So Yeah, it's great to be reminded of that. It's, it's easy to understand that intellectually, but when you're in the midst of the 90th no, it's like, oh my God. But yeah, I love yeah. that mindset. Yeah. Any last words for us? I know you got to get going. I really appreciate the time you've been able to spend with us here. You're really fascinating to me. I think that you have a really unique element to you that it's obvious that you're like a little bit more of a introverted person. A lot of these uh, people that are promoting their brand and themselves are much more outgoing and like outspoken and big, bold, like people that you can obviously recognize. And I think that you have this really interesting element that you seem like you listen really well and you try to feel. And even when you're expressing what you want to say, like what is your personal truth? You're not like remembering these like lines that you've like rehearsed. They're coming from some like place of trueness within. And I really appreciate that. I'm sure like your people in your mastermind will recognize that as well. And that will spread like wildfire within the group uh, ethos of let's like really speak truth to our life situations right now. I appreciate how you're able to do that. No, my pleasure. Yeah. And last words. Yeah. Just stay true to who you are. You don't have to change who you are. You just have to. Ask yourself what you want. You know, like, what do you want the most out of life? And, you know, just write it down. Write down what your strengths are. You know, a lot of people, when they try to change, they write down the things that they don't like about themselves, like what their weaknesses are. And then they focus on that. And they think that in order to become better people, they have to get rid of their weaknesses. But I would take it the opposite way. I would just focus on what your strengths are and play with that. So, and again, we talked about like, you know, I may be an introvert, but that's actually a strength, you know. Like, I agree. And we read a lot of, like, some of these books say, oh, you should be more extroverted because you'll make more friends and be more social. But I'd say, no, I mean, if that's who you are, that's who you are. And if you like it, then don't change it, you know. And if other people don't like it, you still don't have to change it. So be who you are. Keep striving for what you want, what you love to do, what your passion is. And don't give up. That's the key right there, you know, is, is not giving up. No matter what happens. You can have what you want. And it might take five or 10 years, you know? I mean, I wish that there was some kind of an overnight success button we could push, but there isn't. So it may take time, but you know, you'll get there eventually. So. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Scott, for that wisdom. Appreciate it. All right, well, thank you. It's great to be here. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question? Or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. 
It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard and who knows who you could inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming. <laughs>